Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 72. It's another week off for the Six Nations. and We take another look at the Scotland against England game and of course ahead to the France game next weekend. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, uh, welcome once again to the England Rugby Pod. Uh, I'm joined as always, well, not as always, but as, as usually always by Dan. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? And uh, yeah, like you say, as usually always, we're going we're gonna to be missing you this weekend. You are. My first, my first one. I'm leaving yeah. it in your capable hands. Well, I'm, sure mate, I'm, a little, I'm a little worried, to be honest. I'm not sure how this ship's going to sail without you at the helm, but we'll, I'm sure we'll make it work. I'm sure you will struggle through. Um, obviously, we've got quite a lot to talk about today. I mean, we, we, we reacted to the England-Scotland game, as you'd expect, uh, kind of soon after the game. Probably a lot of you know, maybe slightly heated kind of feelings about how things went. We've had the best part of a week, five days or so, just to... No, longer than that, sorry. Uh, just to kind of let it all sink in. Um, so that's probably quite a good place to start. You know, with a slightly clearer head. Um, you know, we'll keep it brief. But what are your what are your thoughts now that that's all kind of sunk in a bit? So it's all sunk in. The more I think about it, the more I go over it. I'm like, yeah, it's a shame we lost. But I think, as I said to you the other day, sometimes you've got to put your hand up and say. We lost because Scotland were better. They outplayed us. And the first half, they were absolutely world-class. We got beaten by a better team. So I, I've, I've kind of, you know, made my peace. In some ways, I'm happier with that. We, we lost because we lost to a brilliant Scotland team who played brilliant rugby. Okay. I, I mean, I have to immediately just disagree. Not, not, Fair not, enough. <laughs> not about Scotland being brilliant. They were. But I think if we, if we write this off as, as it's simply a case of they were better than us, then I'm not sure how we can say that we plan to be the best team in the world. Um, so, my, my reasoning behind that being that England needs to be able to look at that performance and say, we did all of these things wrong and that's why we're going to go away, we're going to work on these and therefore we're okay, going to come I back better. I 100% agree with that. I do agree that there needs to, off the back of it, there's stuff we need to look at. But I just meant on the day there and then, yeah, we lost. We we did lose, but but are you are you saying that England's performance was was as good as you we would no, have no, wanted no, from? No, 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 no. England, England need. There's a few things England need to work on. I think what I'm saying is, yes, there's stuff England need to work on. There's stuff even the All Blacks need to work on, and maybe this was a wake up call. But credit credit to Scotland. That's not you know I'm not I'm not suggesting for a second that they didn't deserve to win. I'm not suggesting that they weren't good. Like I'm not saying Scotland were average but England were worse. Scotland were were very good. England were very poor. Scotland deserved to win. Had England been playing, you know, to their to their kind of potential, I think it would have been a very close game still. That you know, credit yeah. to Scotland. I think England would have probably done it, but they didn't. Um and I think from an England point of view, the most important factor in this is, look, you, you didn't perform to the best of your ability. And, and now it's a case of identifying where it went wrong and how to ensure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, for sure. So so what do you think? What what do you think of the key areas from your perspective? What 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 I, do you want to see? So, to be honest, I think, I think it's very difficult to look at the, the back line uh, and, and pick holes in, you know, and, and kind of point out things that they did wrong because I think the key... The key element in that game was a lack of quick ball. Was it yeah. you know, due due to what happened in the forwards at the breakdown? 
Um, and, you know, we, th- we discussed it last week. Um, it's been discussed in the media. It's, it's not that England, and, I, and I, I put a tweet out, actually, got a, quite a few people agreeing with me. Um, and it, it was more plagiarising what you'd said, which is that England, it's not that England don't have the ability at the breakdown. It's that they, their game plan didn't require it. You know, Mauro Toje, we know from when he first came on the scene, you know, and I think that for his 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 debut for England, I think he got something like seven or eight turnovers himself. Then, so we know he can go in and do that if that's the job he's been told to do. Um, it's slightly worrying that you know if if this is the if you know if I'm right, it's slightly worrying that England go into a game where they have a game plan that isn't working and they don't have the ability to to sort of change tact. During the game, and that's that's happened a couple of times yep. over the last uh, sort of eighteen months or so, hasn't it? So I agree with that. That is a worry. Uh, so um, that's one area that I that I definitely want to, you know. And, and Eddie Jones comes out and talks about leadership, and we need strong leadership. Not not that the leadership that exists isn't isn't there, but he wants more of it. But you know, leadership or not, these guys are professional rugby players at the very top of their game. They should have the ability to go. Hey guys, this this plan we've got of standing at the ruck and assuming that the ball is safe hasn't worked the last three times we've tried it. Um, we should probably try something different, uh, and you know they should be able to react to that uh, during the game and not just in the last five minutes. Yeah, um, I know. I mate, I agree. It's there's a lot to look at, and that's one of the things that uh, it's something Eddie Jones has said something yeah. about the sort of leadership in the team. He's been worried about. When you said look at the back line, it was hard. I slightly disagree. Now, I, I, it almost seems it, it almost seems sort of uh, unfashionable to have a go at Mike Brown these days. But I am going to have a bit of go at him. I think he got found out. Make your side of order. To... He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm, I'm a little scared because although I think we in our heart of hearts know Eddie won't be listening. If he does, we've seen how crazy he goes about it. But... He got found out for lack of pace. I'm, I'm not because he's a bad player, not because of anything. And I'm sure a few years back he would have been fine. But I thought there were a few times where he was just that yard slower than he has been. And mm-hmm. that got found out. I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess the thing is, I've never really looked at Mike Brown as as being in the side for pace. You know, he, he, no. he, he's there, I think, for experience, you know, positioning, knowing where to be, particularly when it comes to the kicking game. Um, and, you know, when you've got, an Anthony Watson and a Johnny May outside you, um, you know the pace. The pace exists there. You know Jonathan Joseph in the centres. Um, so part of me feels like that's not the end of the world. Uh, but I know what you're saying. You know, are we missing a trick if you've got uh, you know a Jack Noel or an Elliot Daly kind of sitting in the wings, um, so to speak, rather than literally? Uh, you know, is it a, is it a mistake to kind of go with a Mike Brown who who is who is getting beaten for pace. I don't, it's difficult. The thing that worries me is if, because you look at the All Blacks back three, you look at the likes of Ioni and things, if they if they see that game um, and they see where we've been caught out, um, they will try and expose that. And I think they will be able to expose that. And the, so that's why I am worried about my Brown thing. And actually, I think this does need a real look at do we need a Watson at a fullback, a, a Noel at a fullback, someone like that who, yes, Mike Brown's position and things are great, but if you're going to be beaten for just raw gas, there's nothing you can do about that. 
So maybe you do need somebody who can make that half yard if you are caught slightly out of position or whatever. Yeah, and I, guess, and I think Jones exposed Mike Brown for that a couple of times. I, I guess the thing is, okay, so the Hugh, so the, the Hugh Jones obviously one of the main times that he exposed that in Mike Brown was the try, right? Where uh, yeah, the second try that was weird. They didn't tackle him between the two of them. It was almost like they ran yeah. into each other, and it prevented either one of them from making tackle. It was a bit of an odd one. Um, it was also a lucky. Yeah, the first one was a lucky bat. I mean, there was there was some luck. Let's not, you know, in, in terms yeah, of the yeah. the finishes. So Scotland played brilliant rugby, but the actual points that they scored, there was quite a lot of luck in those points. Um, bounce of the ball, and these, these things happen. You, you, I'm not suggesting that it, that it was undeserved because of it, and you know you you create your own luck, I guess. Um, but uh, in terms of, I guess the thing is, England has this rush defence, which under normal circumstances is really good and puts a huge amount of pressure uh, on oppositions, makes it very difficult for them. Um, but I guess, I guess when you do that, you risk opening gaps, and it's about backing them to do it in such a yeah. way that the gaps aren't created and, play, and, and teams can't come through. So your Mike Browns at the back, their job actually isn't so much to be a last line of defence and more to be in a strong position for counter-attacking um, and, and you know, playing the, the kicking game, uh, you know, being in the right position and what have you. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, the it's, rush defence is interesting because, for example, and, and this has been said a lot, that rush defence... If Finn Russell's pass for that first try hadn't just been absolutely unbelievably perfect, there's a good chance we would have scored that. So oh, absolutely. I mean, but this so, is this is the the Finn the Finn Russell Maverick kind of theory, isn't it? From Ugo Monier, and he's he's backtracked from it, but I think he was absolutely right. Um, you know, the whole point of calling him a Maverick is that he can win a game, but he can also lose a game. And last Saturday, he won a game. Um, yeah. Next time, is he going to be so lucky? You know, is he going to throw that pass that gets intercepted that completely changes the game? Because I think if England had scored, then it would have made life. It, I think it, we might have seen a very different game because I think that England would have got a little bit of momentum. Scotland would have been put a little bit more on the back foot. You know, Scotland had this this amazing platform to work with, um, created you know by the, by themselves, but they got this this lead. Then then they extended the lead, and then they extended the lead again, and suddenly. They can they can play now because they've got a little bit of a buffer, you know. So yeah. I think if it, if if it had been a closer game, the longer it goes along being close, you know, England know how to play those games. Whether it may, it may not be pretty, but they know how to play a close game and and close out a win. Scotland maybe um, it would have it would have forced them to have a different plan of attack and and it would have changed the game quite considerably. So you know that pass really really was the key kind of moment in that game. It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? It was absolutely amazing pass, like inch perfect, running, whilst running, ball in hand. I, I, just watching that as a 10, I was I, just in awe of that <laughs> bit of skill. But it's interesting. So moving on more sort of from an England perspective. So I, I've always said, and actually I'm going to backtrack on what I've said previously, because everyone's like, oh, you, you learn more from losing. I've always said, I think you learn more from winning because you learn how to win, you learn sort of what you did right. And that doesn't mean you can't look at your faults. But actually, in this case, as Billy Vernapolo said as well, I think we'll have learned a lot from that loss and more than we would have done if we'd snuck a win, mm. um, if we'd undeservedly snuck a win. So I am sort of backtracking on my point there. So one of the key areas that you picked up and I 100% agree with is back row. 
Who's your back row for France? Honestly, I'm not sure I would make any changes. As would I say, you keep? Would you keep law? I thought we got found out having having laws in the back row. I must admit, and I'm not blaming laws until I think we got found out having not having a sort of terrier on the ground, not having an underhill, not even having a Simmons. I thought we got found out without having that. Oh, this, I mean, this is where this comes back to this this question of did they have a game plan and they just didn't they didn't kind of adapt to the to the way the game was playing. They stuck with their game plan despite the fact it wasn't working. It was the wrong one in hindsight. Um, you know, I, I, these guys can do it. And Laws plays in the back row week in week out. He 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 can do that. I don't believe that it comes down to the wrong selections. I think it, I think it comes down to the wrong game plan. Um, and I think Scotland, Scotland, you know, they knew what England were going to do and, and they countered it and England didn't have a response. Um, but if if so, so moving forward against France, maybe hard, because I don't know if France necessarily have the even if France, of Even if this, France did but... what Scotland did to England, I would like to think that as a result of what happened in the Scotland game, the England players and the back row in particular have basically been drilled to say, look, this is the game plan we're going in with. If something like that happens again, this is the game plan we're going to switch to. Um, yeah, but do you think do that, you think they're the best players for back row currently? Do you think they're the best players to play that game plan? Should we need to play against a? Yeah, I know what you mean. Against a team that was similar against Scotland. So whereas perhaps an Underhill who will. I think Underhill's definitely in with a big shout of being called up ahead of ahead of Laws, um, particularly after the what happened in Scotland and and how much the game changed when he came on. Um, But I also think just from having read articles and seen interviews with Eddie Jones, that Eddie's the sort of guy that says, do you know what, we have a a game plan. We're going to address what happened, but I'm not going to make radical changes just for the sake of it. Sam Sam Underhill is going to be a key part of the team, but he's going to come on from the bench. I I actually don't mind um, either way. If if he backs the same side and says, do you know what, you've got to... I see. I really think. Go fix it. I really think England are going to come out firing on all cylinders against France. I hope so, mate. Um, I hope so. And I think there'll be a massive response. Um, I, I hope there will be, but I, but I think there will be too. Um, so part of me thinks these are the guys that got it wrong. Give them a chance to to sort it out. You know, this is still this is you know, yes, it's Six Nations. Yes, it's vitally important. Yes, you want wins, but this is also still 2019 is the ultimate goal still. Um, and I think if you suddenly make wholesale changes off the back of a loss that came about, I think, from from poor tactics, I think y- you leave people a little bit in limbo. Um, so part of me would like to see the same guys given another shot to rectify the situation. And obviously, if they can't, then then you 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 know that then you make changes. You've got you you guys like Sam Underhill. I think you you prepare to bring them on sooner if necessary. Yeah, you don't have to wait to the sixty minute mark. If if things aren't working at half time, make the change at half time. If if it's obvious before then, make the change before then. But you know, I don't think that would happen. Um, so, but like I say, so I, my, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I think my my sort of issue with this is is, and I know this changes when Billy's back, but but actually doesn't necessarily is. For argument's sake, is say Billy was there instead of Nathan Hughes, but would Billy, Rob Short, and Laws be the right back row, regardless of game plan, regardless of that? Interestingly, I think with Billy back, 
you've got that little bit, you know, even over Nathan Hughes, um, who credits him, he, you know, he did look aggressive, but but still not quite a Billy Vanapolo. I think with Billy back, you've got that extra go forward from him. Uh, and yeah. I think and I think he brings in out of some of the others as well. Some of the other guys that we talk about as ball carriers. I think when he's on the pitch and doing it, I think we see more of it from them as well. Um, Actually, I agree with that. I, I, yeah, I yeah. do agree with that. And I think in that situation, perhaps you don't need... You know, someone like a Laws who who's quite so. Not that he's a I mean, he is a ball carries because he's been told to do more of it and he's doing more of it. But you know, maybe at that point you want more of a, um, you, you know, a, 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 an Underhill or, or someone similar, or Simmons. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, so my background, I must admit, I'm, I'm sort of slightly different. And I, 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 what you're saying, I, I can't argue with because if it goes that way, I wouldn't be annoyed with it. But if it was me, I would go Nathan. And Underhill and Robshaw to start, mm-hmm. and I'd have Simmons on the bench. Is Simmons not still injured? No, no, he's 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 back. He's fine. He uh, he was on the bench extra this weekend and actually came on, had a bit of game time. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. And so, then second row, you've got. What would you between, do, with Laws? Then would you drop him? Well, that's it. You've got between the Toje Cruz, um, not Cruz. I think Cruz is out between the Toje Launchbury and Laws in the second row, and two of those three. Are you seeing Cru- Cruz is gone? Do you? I, I think Cruz Cruz was released back. So so well, actually, you wouldn't you wouldn't you'd have all three, wouldn't you? You'd have two starting, one yeah. on the bench. Yeah. So you'd involve them all, but you just basically you're saying you, you'd keep Laws. Laws would be on the bench, but as a second row cover rather than as a back row cover. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't think I'd have a problem with it. Um, do you know, every week changing slight slight tack. Every week we talk about well, not every week, but we regularly talk about Launchbury and how he doesn't have a bad game. I feel like we jinxed him. He didn't have the best game uh, against Scotland, which is a rarity for him. Yeah, um, no, I agree, but I think he's got money in the bank. I, oh, I still hundred percent. I keep him in there. Starting. Yeah, yeah, I keep him in there, and um, and yeah, I think he'll he'll put in. He'll be one of the guys that puts in a big performance against France. Um, France are a lot more physical. I think that's a lot their their style, and unless they come up with something different, I think that was. I think we'd like that more. Yeah, they're not as so quick. So I've, I've heard a rumour, and, and I, I, I can't even remember where I heard this from, but I've heard a rumour that the Edinburgh Nine or whatever they're being called, I've heard a rumour that they're still not going to be invited back to the squad. Really? That, I heard that, but I... I don't really... I, thinking, I, have, I, have I imagined that now? <laughs> I don't really Because I'm sure that would have been bigger on, yeah. news. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. You know, you got Teddy Thomas, who's, who's in my opinion one of the best wingers probably in the world right now. Um, just, just, well, just looking at the way he's playing, um, and and from what the media has reported, and you know, usually the media exaggerates rather than you know under underplays things. Um, these guys have all been cleared of any wrongdoing, so I don't really get what point the French RFU are trying to trying to make. Yeah, I, I. So they've been cleared of any legal wrongdoing, whether there was a breach of a sort of their own internal protocol, whether whether there was a breach of sort of what, no French sell- rugby. No, no going out after a after a game. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but whether they whether there was something else, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, um, you'd, have, so- you'd like to think there was because it's a pretty weird reaction, if not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does seem it does seem overkill, doesn't it? But um, I mean, I guess yeah, we'll see see what comes. I think I think we can't really worry too much about what they're going to do. I think if anything, no, I, I mean, you know, Bastereau, 
against Farrell is going to be fairly. I mean, Farrell will. Well, Bastereau's playing at 13, isn't he? Oh, he's, of course he is. Yeah, uh, so, so against, against Joseph. So, or do you bring in TA? Because Bastereau had a great game. Well, that's, this is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's how do you shut Bastereau out? Uh, but I guess the key thing is you don't let him get any speed up. So that that uh, you know that and JJ's a pretty strong defender. That defense, but it, you know that that kind of defense that England has could work really well against the French because if you're not giving someone like Bastro the space to get up ahead of steam, you know he's not he's not the, he's not a Watson. He's not going to turn you know turn on the pace in in eight yards or something. You know he needs a bit of a run up to get going. In eight yards, eight miles, yeah. So you know that that could work. In England's favour, I think the key thing. I just, it's. I think it's a real shame that England never really got any good quick ball because, you know, it's the backs that have really. And this is not to take anything away from the forwards, but it's the backs that have really kind of brought the English game to life a little bit in the last uh, sort of couple of years, and what they've been doing. And like you look at that Italy game where, yeah, it's Italy, um, but you know, quick ball meant that they could do things. And you know, when they were when well, they were doing stuff, it looked pretty special. The first twenty minutes against Wales was the same. You know, they looked world class. Then they let themselves that, but, down later but, on. But but that's it. I mean, say the backs. I I actually I I half disagree. I think the backs have been allowed to do that because the forwards have given them that platform. I actually think the backs sometimes are caught out. Like I I think the backs need to have a bit more sort of strike move about them against Scotland. They seem really stale. I, but, I was but, not impressed by them. But this is my point. They didn't have the quick ball to do anything with. No, but that 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 sometimes happens. And if that doesn't happen, you still want like you'd still hope maybe they could look to try and produce something. I I, I know that's incredibly hard to do, and it's very easy to say. But they were taking the ball flat. They were taking it motionless. Like I'd wanted to see more from. I wanted to see more from everyone. But it worried me how little the backs had because sometimes. Because maybe the back row of another team are having the game of their life. Sometimes you're not always going to get that quick ball. Mm. So you might need the backs to pull off something just a bit more special, whereas they, they seemed out of ideas themselves. I mean, I guess, yeah, it comes back to this this concern that we that we both have about, you know, are England too one-dimensional? And, you know, it might be a good dimension when things are going their way, but, you know, they, they don't seem to have a plan B at the moment. Um, we need to see that, you know, Grinding out a win is is great from a results point of view, but it's not really a plan B. Um, yeah. So they they do they do need to be able to adapt and react um, better than they have been. Yeah. Um, anyway, well let, let's move on because you know more we'll, we'll know more once the team's announced on Thursday, um, and obviously we'll know a lot more when the when the game finishes on Saturday. So. Um, yeah, and on Thursday we're gonna do we're gonna do another pod you and me before you go off on your holly bobs. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to chat about that a bit more in depth, knowing exactly who's playing and what, what we think is going gonna, gonna to look like then. Right. So, not not to cast a cloud over Scotland's win um, at the weekend, or last, you know, a week ago, the Eddie Jones abuse thing. What are your thoughts? So, I, I've got thoughts about this. I've seen this. And what I want to be careful about is not to put this on Scotland because this is just so the people who did it, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you won't be because you're probably too dumb to know how to do a podcast or to listen to a podcast. But if you're listening, you are absolute fucking arseholes. You're complete oxygen thieves. Now, lads, if you're listening and you know I'm right here, 
take yourself out of society go to like alaska or something build a commune and just live away from human beings um, and whatever you do do not breed your genetics need to stop right now okay um other than that mate i don't really have a strong opinion either way well fair enough let's move on then let's move on. Um, <laughs> um mate it was whatever you say it was and i don't care if it's rugby whether rugby people should be able to take banter it was four blokes bullying a guy approaching his 60s it is absolutely ridiculous yeah. and they're fucking dickheads so, so i uh, scotland rfu or, or whatever their official um their official uh group is they put a tweet out sort of apologizing on behalf of of scotland and scottish fans and everything else and saying you know it's totally unacceptable and um doesn't reflect uh, the values that that Scots- scottish rugby um, holds dear and, and you know, rightly so and, and it, it absolutely doesn't no yeah, Scottish I, rugby I don't think and I don't think anybody really is looking at this incident and going oh this is typical of Scottish rugby fans or Scottish rugby we I think we all know certainly those of us that are genuine rugby fans know it had nothing to do with Scottish rugby um, yeah I did I was a little disappointed some of the reactions from that you know on that tweet from people who who you know, they would say this is disgusting. I'm not agreeing with this at all. But then they caveat it with, "But you know, if you're going to give it in the media, you got to be prepared to take it." And it kind of pissed me off because I thought, "Yeah, Eddie Jones, from 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 what I from what I know and from what I've read and, and seen, you know, he, he might he might in the media he might go at teams, he might go at other coaches, um, you know. It, he, but it's rugby." And he keeps it within the game. From what I can tell, when it comes to the fans, he's always been brilliant. He's always been, you know, smiley and happy. And, you know, he doesn't get funny like he does, sometimes does with the media. And I think he's clever with the media. I think sometimes, I think even with the whole Mike Brown incident that everyone's saying, oh, he lost his shit. Um, no one was talking about Mike Brown after that. Yeah. Never came I- up. So I think he's quite clever. I think he, I think he knows if I say something that gets a bit of a rise and suddenly all, all cameras are pointed at me, they're not pointed at elsewhere where perhaps there are problems. And it, it annoyed me because I think, like you just said, when you watch that video, if you forget for a minute that that's Eddie Jones, you know, England's head coach, and you say you just look at that as, as a human being, you know, it's an old man, not a very big old man either who has been accosted. He looks uncomfortable from the word go, but they want a photo and he steps in and he has a photo with them. And then they start kind of giving him, shoving him and slapping him on the head and shouting at him. And he kind of is almost chased into his car and then they're opening the door and they're screaming in his face and it turns more aggressive and they're calling him a cunt and all the other, you know. It, it's it's pretty sick. And I know people will oh, listen mate, to this and disgusting. say, oh, you're overreacting. They just had a few beers. It was, not, it was harmless and all this sort of stuff. But... You know, it, it was it was like you said. It was four young lads verbally abusing an old man, mate. So the way I look at this <clears throat> is take take out who it was. Who do I think is an absolute bellend? Rupert Murdoch. I think the guy's an absolute bellend. I think he's genuinely a modern day Bond villain. But I would be disgusted if people did that to him. You, you know, he's a, he's an old man. Ultimately. They're intimidating. They're bullying someone. Yeah. And let's take away the arm. It's <laughs> a bit harsh on Eddie. I'm sure he's still quite active. But, you know, even if it's a guy the same age as those guys, it's 4v1. Like, it's it's absolutely disgusting. Um, and I'm looking at this from a non-rugby perspective, actually. I'm just looking at 
those absolute pussies who just went up for thought they were being funny thought they were being cool and just were being just complete fucking waste of space i mate, it, it made me feel a bit sick actually and and regardless like i i have a go at warren gatlin if england fans did that to warren gatlin i'd be disgusted at them they should like ashamed by them it, there's no place for it at all yeah and i, and I, I think i don't to think undermine it is not fair mate that they, they definitely would be some England fans who would. As for a whole, they wouldn't. Like, 99% of Scotland fans won't do that. 99% of England fans won't yeah, do yeah. it. But you always get the 1% of absolute bellends, don't you? But you would have thought we'd have heard about this. You know, it would have happened before. I don't know. Anyway, maybe it's just because it was caught on camera and, and people could see it for the first time. And, um, and it, you know. I'm, I'm not saying that has happened before. Sorry, if that's what you thought. I'm not saying that's that England fans have done that before to... I think I, let's forget forget whose fans. I think human beings generally know where to draw the line. Yeah, and, that, that's and why that's why these assholes need to one, take themselves out of society. It's one thing to, to to kind of scream and shout at someone from afar, you know, on a rugby pitch, uh, or, or you know, when they're in the media or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, accosting someone on their own, it, you know, it, essentially in the privacy of their own kind of bubble, you know, they're not <laughs> doing media. Uh, stuff at the time, I don't know. Just yeah, it was it was wrong. But um, you've been uh, you've been quite vocal on your opinions of this. We both have. Uh, it's probably worth moving on. We don't want to dwell on it. I'm sure. I'm sure Eddie's over it. You know, he's made it quite clear he's not going to get the train again. He's going to stick to private transport. Don't blame him. <coughs> so yeah, um, he'll be much more comfortable in the future. Good. Um, squad. I, I've written down squad changes. We've talked about it briefly uh, already. Um, yeah, let's. Um, a couple of, I think the, the back three. You, you mentioned obviously question marks over Mike Brown, Elliot Daly's back, and Denny Solomon just had a, a weekend. A he's dreamy, had two great weekends. Two dreamy weekends. Um, do we think Five tries in two weeks. Do we think yeah. we're going to see any changes? Um, Would you like no. to see? I, I think we'll see changes with Elliot Daly. Uh, Denny Solomon has definitely put himself on the radar. Um, would, I, would I like to see changes? Uh, I, I'm not upset if Mike Brown starts again. Mike Brown is a good player, but I I do think there were questions answered. I think Elliot Daly comes in the squad. He's such a good player. We, who for? I, did, did he before? No, who do you bring him in for? I, I do bring him in for Mike Brown. So you, you drop Mike Brown completely. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, Watson at the back, I think Jack, Daly on the bench, or yeah, I still think so. I, I would, I would, I think Jack Knowles earned to start in place. Okay. Um, even if they stick with Mike Brown, I think Jack Knowles earned to start in place. I would personally go. I don't think this will happen, but I would personally go Watson at fullback, Jack Knowles and Johnny May on the wings, and Elliot Daly on the bench. Interesting. Uh, well, that, yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. Um, it's just, it's hard to look past. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. You know, Eddie Jones made a relatively early change, bringing Mike Brown off against Scotland, suggesting that he wasn't overly happy. Yeah, he's obviously been. You know, he's fought Mike Brown's corner quite aggressively. Um, yeah, and so to drop him from the team altogether, dropping the squad altogether, would be quite a big, bold move. Following on from everything that's happened, and I, I wonder how. Um, how much pride will play a part? I mean, it sounds weird to say it, but I wonder how much pride will play a part when Eddie Jones is thinking about his team. Because if he now drops Mike Brown from the squad, he's kind of saying to all those people that have been telling him he's been making a mistake, you know, basically he's he's 
going back on everything he said when he got passionately yeah, annoyed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I could see him moving him onto the bench, although I don't see Mike Brown as an impact player, so I don't see the value of that. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see which way he goes. I'm not sure. No, I, I agree. And I, I think Mike Brown will still be involved. And and do you know what? He probably has got the money in the bank. Oh, God, I hate that saying. Why do I? I've turned into the right dish. Um, but I think Mike Brown does have that. Um, I, I can't think of another way to phrase it now. Well, look, my, my, but I think he'll still be involved. <laughs> my concern is that Elliot Daly is going to come in and he's going to come in on the bench for Jack Null. Ah, I hope not, because I think Jack Knoll really does. I'd, I'd like to see Jack Knoll start. Well, I mean, if they're looking at the stats, Jack Knoll against Scotland, despite only having 20 minutes, made the most carries for the most ground <laughs> uh, of all England players. I think I think it was 11 carries. I mean, it was only 11 carries for about 11 yards. So, um, I have also heard talk or, or question marks over whether Danny Kerr should be starting over Wigglesworth. Um, I've, I think that's... So, I've heard this as well, but I've heard it in the context of Danny Kerr offers so much from yeah, the bench. Oh, yeah, not not as in Wigglesworth is, is a better player, but but he's got the stronger kicking game. Um, yeah. Is he more suited to a to a 60-minute game and Danny Kerr more suited to an impact 20 minutes? Or even if it's half an hour and 40, no, 50. I start with Danny Kerr still. I think you have to, don't you? I mean, he surely I knows so. things... I, I, I think again. I think Danny Kerr suffered the same as the rest of the backs, in my opinion. The lack of quick ball. Um, you know, he what he does requires quick ball. You know, he's not he, he's he doesn't he's not a, a slow ball player. That's not not what he does. That's not where his strengths lie. Um, yeah, I think with quick ball he does great things, and I think when it, you don't have quick ball, there's only so much a scrum half can do. Yeah, completely. Fine. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll ignore that theory completely. Um, he's sticking with Danny Kerr at nine. Um, and I guess, yeah. Is Wigglesworth the right guy to be backing him up? Um, I think he definitely was. Yeah, I think so. I think he was. And I think he is now because of how much would need to be learned. Others weren't involved. If you could go back to the start of the Six Nations... Dan and say, and you knew that, yeah, exactly. And you knew that Ben Youngs was going to be injured. So you had someone involved before the start. I think I'd have had Robson from the start. But because of the nature of how it happened, I think Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth is a great player. He's yeah. a brilliant player. His experience just enables him to absorb the, the information a bit quicker and, and, and kind of come up to, up to speed. Yeah. And he's been involved more recently. So there'll be a lot of stuff he knows that perhaps a Robson won't. Um, so I, I, I think he's a good player. Um, and, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think he is the right one at the moment. Fine. Okay, well, look, before we call time on this one, um, I don't know, firstly, actually, is there anything else that you wanted to cover that we've not covered? Uh, there's something there's something slightly different. So I'm looking more of a domestic side, but impact on sort of England rugby as a whole, I guess. Have Quinns just done one of the best deals ever? Now they're attached <laughs> with the All Blacks? The All Blacks, yeah. And, and as you as a sort of Quinns fan... I'm looking at that thinking, I mean, it's hard to know how that's going to materialise. But when I saw that, I was like, you guys are geniuses. Well, the impression I got was that the main the main sort of benefit for the All Blacks is that essentially Quinns becomes the team that their players go to when they want a year out. And, yeah. it's, and it's more controlled so they know they're coming back rather than just and moving I've, them to I've, wherever's paying the most money. 
Yeah, and I've heard. I mean, I, I could be wrong here, but I've heard that like All Blacks internationals. I've heard some of them are pretty good players. Really? Yeah, apparently so, mate. Apparently oh. they can they can play a bit of footy. Have to take your word for um, it, mate. Have to take your word for it. We'll find <laughs> out. We'll I find out. That, in the I was like. I was like, well, Quinns, what the hell did you manage that? Yeah, that's pretty good. And it, and also it'll be good because I think the, the plan is that to, to kind of create a, you know, two, two-way two traffic. So uh, Yeah, Quinn, and I think it's a coaching as well as playing thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, get, getting some of the Quinns guys out there to kind of get the experience of playing in New Zealand, you know, we know that it's that it's beneficial, whether you love him or hate him. You know, James Haskell got a lot of experience playing out in New Zealand. Um, it, it's, it's valuable. We know Martin Johnson did it. Um, you yeah, know, it, it was one of the one of the things that made made him the player he was. So it could when be you hear really Mike Johnson's name, does your heart just go a bit warm and fuzzy? Uh, sure. No, no, mine either, mate. No, yeah. no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Carry uh, on. Carry but yeah, no, I think that's it's it's a great call from them. It'll be very interesting to see if this leads to other teams doing similar deals. I think if Sarri suddenly started looking to do it, I think. The, the Kiwis might start kicking themselves that they jumped into with Harlequins so quickly. There must be a reason it was Quinns, right? Probably, probably some some you know old boys club. Well, I've heard I've heard Nick Evans might be a big thing because obviously and Nick he's Evans, coaching, isn't he? Yeah, and he's back in. So I'm when I say I heard, I think I heard it from the Egg Chasers podcast. I think I think JB or something. I think JB said that um, he'd heard that from someone else. So I'm just basically stealing what he said. Oh, he, he probably made it up. He may, he may have, but I'm, <laughs> I'm still stealing it from what he said. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, well, I guess we do, we will watch this space um, and and something may come of that. Uh, I'm sure something will come of it. We'll obviously keep you guys posted um, with whatever that is. Um, so, yeah, just before we, we kind of wind things up, um, uh, before I just got a... a, a we had a not, not another review, but just an update to a previous one. Um, is there anything else that we that we think is worth discussing in terms of looking at England off the back of that Scotland performance? You know, ulti- no, I, ultimately, I, I, oh, I was going to say ultimately, it's about England to two thousand and nineteen. You know, goals of becoming the number one team in the world. You got you got the Kiwis in the autumn. Um, how does this affect the you know where things are going for England? I, why do I have the impression that you've got an agenda here? Um, no, no, I don't at all. I, 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 oh, right. just... I, I, I think, uh, I, I think perhaps this is a post Six Nations sort of review chat thing. At the moment, possibly not. I mean, like we said, we're going to do another one on Thursday. But I think post Six Nations, let's really sort of sit down and maybe have a look at the broader future. For the moment, let's maybe focus more on the upcoming. Uh, right. I'll shut up. Then. <laughs> that'd be awesome. But <laughs> okay. like I would say uh, wouldn't make we're, the we're best podcast. We both just sit in <laughs> silence for forty minutes. Well, you know. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, nine points, Jim. A few weeks ago, you rated us, um, and you left us a review where you incorrectly said that Andy's voice was like a chain-smoking Joe Pasquale, when in fact you can hear uh, it's silky smooth. Uh, Dan, on the other hand, Dan, say hello. Hello. <laughs> is the chain smoking Joe Pasquale? How, however, although he hasn't changed that, he has uh, rectified what he had previously given us a, a three star and turned it into a five star. So whether it was a mistake the first time round or you just like being mentioned, uh, thank you very much for updating Thanks, that. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we we appreciate it, of course. And guys, please, if you haven't already, 
get onto iTunes. We're on Acast as well. Um, rate us, review us, spread the word, spread the love. Uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at England Rugby Pod. We're on Facebook as well. Um, there is a website, www.englandrugbypod.com. Um, and yeah, if you can think of any other ways of getting in touch with us, yeah, just get in touch. Let us know what you think. Have your say. Join the conversation and all that. Um, and uh, yeah, continue, continue listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Yeah, and just a quick one to nine point, Jim. Uh, mate, I'm I'm sorry if her voice is uh, a bit annoying, but don't worry, you're you're not in solo company. My my mum often tells me my voice uh, annoys the crap out of her as well. So, you, you know, you're in esteemed company there. But guys, thanks very much for listening. Um, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. See you guys.